0: Hello, and welcome to ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, episode 107. This is Good Charlotte. Commandment, part two. Again, doing the show from the van as I drive. I know, I'm working on getting in the studio, making this thing sound a little better, but right now I have to do the best I can with the time allowed. So I shall do that. I shall, uh, uh, I'll speak to you in the, in the way that uh, allows me to do this with the best of my ability with what I've got. I know I said before in the show, I just... I just don't make time to, to sit down and do a show. Uh, the truth is, I have to do it before work, which means I get up early. Uh, I just feel like uh, I want to do that, and I and I do want to get up, maybe sip some coffee or something. I don't want to be chemically influenced too much, but at the same time, uh, I do want to. Man, I want to speak in in a way that's that I want to let the Holy Spirit use me to do this thing in a way that uh, is best working out for the listener. And maybe we uh, we sacrifice some sound quality for some uh, maybe better emotional quality. I don't know. Let me know what you think. My uh, email is russ at asi247.org. I am your host. Hopefully your humble host. When I say I'm your humble host, I, I, I think that I'm using a little bit of pride in that. I don't know. That's kind of weird. It's like an oxymoron the the humbleness the the pride canceling out the humbleness the fact that i say i'm your humble host makes me not humble right doesn't it i don't know a little bit of confusion for you there today a little bit of cognitive dissidence for you uh i do this show with a heavy heart today i am feeling a bit punchy as you can tell that's me uh that's me being punchy right there uh, I just, uh, I'm glad to hear from you guys. I'm glad to hear some emails from you, and I, I'm, I'm honored, and I'm humbled, and I feel the, the weight of responsibility in a good way, of uh, speaking into, to your lives, and uh, not just that. Maybe I'm just, uh, I don't know, knocking around in your brain cavity there, right? Maybe I'm just uh, downloaded, onto your device, and then I'm, uh, I'm like, uh, like surfing surfing around on your brain wires there. Anyway, I also want to do uh, some cardiology, right? That's what I try and do on the show. I try and get, be less about your brain and more about your heart. Your brain is uh, something that we have to sift through to get to the heart the motivations, the attitudes, the critical reasoning of why we do the things we do. Uh, good Charlotte, Love that tune. Uh, Let me get some business out of the way first. Uh, Again, the website is ASI247.org. That is the website. You can uh, email me from the website there. You can find me on Facebook. There's a link on the website to my Facebook page. If you want to be a friend to me on Facebook, let me know you're a listener to the show just write ASI or something like that and uh, I will know that you are a friend of the show. I just don't accept friend requests from everybody. I just don't have time to have 400 friends, uh, people I don't know. And, uh, yeah, uh, so that's my deal. So that's how Facebook works with me. Uh, the email address is russ, r-u-s-s, at a-s-i two-four-seven dot o-r-g. As I... 247.org, right? As, as you do life 247, 24-7 and organize that. I don't know. Maybe that's a little brain memory peg there for you. Anyhow, uh, if you can send a donation, you can do that from the website. i got a PO box now. You can click on the donation button. That's, uh, that's the money that keeps this thing flowing. I mean, I've had listeners who believed in me in the past doing this show donate money when I uh, I just was lost it I mean there's times I've had to stop doing the show just because I'm an emotional mess it's because I'm a wreck because I've had to uh, deal with other stuff some of the hardest things I've had to struggle through conquering and kicking this thing are the stuff that took the place of the addiction once it was gone so so yeah that's uh that's been my uh my struggle just being brutally honest with you I do not I, I do not want to stand here on the podium of the uh, internet and pretend to be some superhero or some guru or you know I, I'm uh, flawed I'm a flawed individual. One of my, my heroes in the Bible uh, next to Jesus is the Apostle Paul who, who said quite often I will, uh, I will boast in my infirmities." <laughs> boasting my weaknesses before I'll you know stand here and tell you what a hot shot I am he's also the same guy who said in uh, the book of Philippians Philippians 4 he said that religion right self-righteous legalistic cold religion is just a big pile steaming pile of dog dew. so that's uh, in the Bible it's kind of awesome uh, good Charlotte here's some more of that this uh, this album good Charlotte. Chronicles of Life and Death. I've almost played a bumper from every single song on the album. I will by the time I'm done with the the series of uh, the Ten Commandments here, but here's a little more of that song. Check this out.
1: Awake in the night to find no one there but me nothing left of what we So
0: yes the Most of you, Um, this show influenced by, as I've said before, Dr. John Frame and the band, punk rock band, Good Charlotte. Uh, Most of all, it's influenced by the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's what I talk about in every show. The main savior, savior of the world, ultimate savior amongst all the little things we we try and reach for to be Savior. I love that song because it brings me back to a place where I was remembering and trying to process through some of the stuff that I learned um, growing up about theology, right? Like when we sin, we feel disconnected and distant from God. Um, and, And it's because we sin that we're disconnected from God. And I I had to process through that and I I agree and disagree with that to a certain extent Um, it depends on what you know and and how you learned your relationship with God I mean we we learn our relationship with our parents as we get older and sadly for a lot of us who grew up with dads who were busy and uh, dads who for us, maybe we, we distance ourselves from because it felt safer, you know, that if, if you just get out of dad's way and, and you, you stay cool, you keep your nose clean, and the, the less he knows, right, we'll be okay. Uh, our heavenly father is different than our earthly father, and, and I think that we still mix that up in our relationship with our heavenly father, with a God, the creator of the universe, the God who created a, a star burning, you know, six million light years away. He also created the mountains. He created the oceans. And He created you. And the Bible says He knows how many hairs are on your head. And, and He knows. He sees everything that we do. Um, he's not a distant, disconnected Father. He's, he's there with us all the time. Um, the Bible says once you become a Christian, you given your heart to Christ that he's he will never leave you or forsake you uh, that word never in the Greek translation it, it means never just to re- reorient that to you reintroduce that to you But that is your father in heaven that he loves you that much we can't even fathom how much God loves us And the fact that he is love and uh, adultery Um, going back to the the pages of the Bible, the uh, adultery, the breaking the seventh commandment is that we cheat on God. When we sin, we are not trusting God in that moment. And we are, we're committing adultery against God. And it's something that we all do and have done. Uh, The Bible says, and I talked about that in that verse at the end of the last show, that we are all sinners. And if you say that you're not a sinner, you're a liar. Um, We've all sinned and fallen short of His glory, of the glory of God. Uh, that's part of why we're stuck. But our relationship with Him, running to Him instead of from Him is so incredibly important and it's something that I wanted to, to talk about in this show and in doing the next series of shows because I've had emails recently that, um, that have had me I hurt hurt for some of you. The fact that I do this show and I open up my my heart to you and um, I receive from this this message that I do on the internet that some of the, the stuff that's going on in your lives and man, I love you guys and I hurt for you and I wanted to address some of that today because I think that there's a lot of that out there, that we're, that we're distancing ourselves from our Father instead of moving closer to Him. A sin, when we screw up, when we fall down, should drive us closer to a loving, accepting Father who wants to brush us off and love on us and get us back out there on the on the bike that we're trying. You know, I picture a, a six-year-old trying to learn to ride a pedal bike without training one. You're gonna fall down. You're gonna hurt. Does Dad yell at you when you fall down? No, he's he's you know he's come on, you know? Let's get back on the bike and he wipes away your tears and he's he's there to to put you back on there and to and to help you get pedaling again. So that's really what I wanted to uh, to talk about and, and to get you to understand with this the seventh commandment. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to say do not commit adultery, and, and yes, porn is adultery, and I, I think we all know that. I think we know that, and that's why why we're here, and why you're listening. So I'm not here to shame you. I want to bring a, I want to bring a message of hope, because that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, and that is what worship is ultimately, is that we will place our hope in something. Um, that whole thing about authority. And and tapping out and, and submission we, we all submit we all conform to something somehow, somewhere we do and addiction is the forced conformity to that thing so I'm just trying to open your heart up to that uh, the new album by Good Charlotte I'll be playing some bumpers from that album just came out it's called Cardiology love that title. I looked up the dictionary definition of cardiology, because it's one of those words that we see, you know, I, I go to hospitals, I sell pizza at hospitals, and I know, kind of ironic, but uh, I sell pizza to doctors and nurses at hospitals. You always go to the cardiology, unit, right? There's a cardiology, you go to cardiology, you know, sell pizza to the cardiologist, that kind of thing. And uh, I looked up the the definition of cardiology, and it is this. The medical study of the structure, function, and disorders of the heart. I love that. The ancient uh, Hebrews came up with this uh, metaphor of the heart to describe the, the soul of a person, right? That your heart is is constantly beating out from the inside. That, that your life, like I talk about a lot in this series of shows, your life is a continual pouring out. Of of yourself, right? Like you are always spending energy, uh, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual energy is, is pouring out of you all the time, and that's what um, the ancient Hebrews came up with this metaphor, talking about the heart. And they mentioned the heart, my heart, right? Uh, they're not talking about the ticker that pumps blood throughout your body, but that's a good metaphor because your body, right? Your life. Your, your blood vessels in your fingers are uh, all that stuff that's on the surface your skin, your eyes, your, I mean, all the, the blood vessels that reach all the distant points of your body that come from your heart. That is uh, our life stems from, from our heart. And uh, yeah, looking forward to listening to the new Good Charlotte album, Cardiology. Um, but without further ado, This is part two of the the vampire metaphor. I love you guys. Um, And here's uh, the, the rest of the stuff I recorded from last week. Here you go. What explains our enduring fascination with vampires? In cardiology, in the study of the heart... There are different things that can clog the heart valves, that cause heart disease, that ultimately can uh, cause a person to have a heart attack, and that's what I wanted to talk about in this uh, part two of the vampire metaphor, is three vampires to kill, three vampires to put a stake in, and to put to death. So here you go. There's the, the first one, starting with the first one here. The vampire of quitting. Am I saying all psychology is bad? No, I'm saying that psychology without heart-level message tied to it is bad. Yes, that part's bad. If it's just all about your brain and not about your heart, I would stay away from it. If you have a heartless Psychologist or counselor, and this could be Christian counselors too, who are just all about your dues, religious works. I would stay out of it. I'd stay away from them. I'd find a new counselor, psychologist, priest, whatever. Because we need to realize that we quit. That is one of the biggest heart level, underneath the surface, heart conditions that we have. We're not willing to press. Through the pain and the trials of life, I heard a, a, a Army Ranger talking about this. You know, I do some of these uh, um, drill sergeant analogies with uh, with religion, and he's saying that man, some of the good drill sergeant stuff is that they will push you. That's the good part of the law is they will say, "Listen, you get back up." I mean, this guy talking about walking over fields and not eating and not sleeping and getting up to another hilltop and looking out and seeing another 10, 20 miles that he's going to have to hike and he doesn't feel like he could take another step at that moment and feeling the drill sergeant in that moment come up over his shoulder and say, you drive on, Ranger. You drive on. You keep moving. You keep moving forward. We have men who are quitters, man. Too many men are quitters, man. I I pray that you just stop with the quitting habit. Break that habit. Get back up. If you haven't talked to your kids, man, 40% of that third of the kids you're gonna go to bed without a daddy, 40% of those kids don't even see their dad. They haven't seen him in, in a year plus. Man, if you're one of those dads, there's redemption. I didn't plan on saying that, that just came to mind. You press forward. You realize what is important in your life. Your legacy is not you building some mountain of money. I mean, is that what we want for our legacy? Loving relationships. It's building that, that is killing the vampire, that is demonstrating your love that is enduring through relationship when it gets hard when it gets tough when you are in reeling pain when you don't think you could take another step and you take another step when you start reaching out to God to give you the power to keep on going We start building that relationship with the creator of the universe and the lover of your soul that's putting a wooden stake in that vampire of of the quitting vampire of self. Vampire that just wants to quit and get that instant comfort hit. It feels so good. I would criticize stuff, right? I would get critical about it. it. If it was too hard... Then I would look for a, a way to, my quick mind would look for holes in what I was doing and just look for an excuse to quit. Kill that vampire. Kill the habit, that quit habit. Put a stake in the vampire that feeds on excuses that steal from your future and rob you your ability to love drain your warm heart into a cold one right Dracula cold to the touch cold to the core moment by moment when it pops up when it raises its ugly head you're gonna have to kill it this is not something that you just do and then it's done right like some software patch that you download to fix your system no this is a moment-by-moment rhythm listen the fun-loving child like you that exists in you can be drowned out by the vampire childish little imp inside you that may you know want to distance himself from other people because everything isn't going his way so he wants to run and take his ball and run away and that's that's part of quitting it's quitting in relationship everybody's not serving me so I'm out it's a quitting on relationship it's childish and it's immature well, there's a good immaturity and a bad immaturity. Childishness is that bratty little kid who's like, eh, nobody's playing my game. I'm just going to pick up and leave. That's quitting. It's that habit of quitting, it's that vampire of quitting. Integrity means you stick with it and you keep going. When you get knocked down, you get back up. And if you're getting knocked down and getting back up for years and things aren't changing, then you change. You figure out a new strategy. You look at your own heart and what you're motivated by. Killing the second vampire that I wanted to talk about has to do with an email I got from a listener talking about the movies that are fired into his brain that pop up from time to time. And... Not every cognition comes from you, all right? Let me just say that. Uh, these habits that are created in your mind, uh, yeah, that could be some chemical thing, but we also have an enemy. There is a devil, there is demons, and the last thing he wants you to do is to kill the vampire. In the book of Exodus, um, they talk about this in redemption groups. The book of Exodus, there's uh, this, the part where uh, Moses tells Pharaoh, set my people free God, the creator of the universe, commands it and here's Pharaoh sitting there on his throne with all his wealth and his own uh, magicians (laughs) what they are priests that he has in his temple with the gods of Ra and all these different Egyptian gods, he's like yeah right, let your people free tell you what buddy, I'm going to make it harder on you your cocky little attitude coming in here telling me you're gonna kill the vampire. So what does he do? He he makes it harder on the workers, on the on the the Hebrews. Who God wants free and uses Moses to get them free. This whole story of Exodus is an awesome story of redemption in the Old Testament. That is part of it, man. Once you declare war on your vampire. He's not going to go quietly. All right? So um, realizing that every cognition doesn't come from you, this, this listener talking about the, the movies fired into his brain keep popping up, a cool little level two psychological, uh, neurological, cognitive exercise you can do is to not let that thing, once it's invaded your mind, right, like a, like a home invasion robber, breaking into your house, entering your mind and walks in and starts playing movies on his little VCR, his little DVD player. He pops open a little laptop, starts playing a movie for you while you're sitting there in your living room. You don't, right, you don't feed it. You don't say, yeah, more, put it on the big screen. No, you smash it. You walk up to him, you punch him in the face and you take that little laptop or whatever that screen is. You throw it on the ground and you smash it into a million pieces. This is a habit you can create in your mind. Every time that that screen pops up, that image pops up, picture yourself grabbing that laptop, that little screen away from that vampire and smashing it. It's throwing it on the floor, smashing it to pieces. Or picture a TV and a sledgehammer. You're taking a sledgehammer and smashing that thing to bits. And be, make, that becoming a cognitive habit in your mind, constantly smashing those images. Not grabbing the DVD out of the computer, right? And putting it on the big screen. No, you don't entertain those thoughts. You don't let that vampire who's invaded your home, is invading your life, have his say with you. You smash it. It's a little cognitive habit. Your imagination is strong. Some of you have very stubborn, very creative imaginations and it's part of why you're addicted. And you can use that stubbornness and that imagination for your favor, did you know that? Some of the stubbornness that's in an addict can actually be redeemed and be a very, very good thing. A very powerful weapon against the vampire that is in you that you will have to fight for the rest of your days. 1517, on October 31st, a monk named Martin Luther goes to the Wittenberg Church and he nails the 95 Thesis to the wall. The title of the 95... He, the title of it is The 95 Thesis on the Efficiency of Indulgences. This is his... War on religion. He he declares war on legalistic, self-righteous, cold religion. This is the third vampire I want you to to have to start putting to death. Self-righteousness. You putting your security in your works and thinking that because your works are better than other people's works that you're somehow better than they are. That sin is like some disease that you can catch. That if you get around those dirty people that you're going to catch it a lot of this, and I'll be honest, I love, I, I like 12 steps, good dis- discipleship program, but some of the propaganda in the 12 steps is calling the thing a disease. Alcohol is not a disease, your heart is diseased. I don't go down to 7 Eleven and pick up a six pack of influenza. Nobody does that. It's not, alcohol is not, I repeat, it is not the disease. Your heart is diseased, you use alcohol as a medicator. For your real disease, it's in your heart. Mark seven. Jesus is telling the disciples that it's not what comes in you from the outside; it's what comes flowing out of you. That's what makes you unclean, not the demon alcohol. God made alcohol. Psalms one hundred and seven. God made the wine that gladdens the heart. Alcohol is a good example. of of religious self-righteous sin. I believe that it's a sin against God to say that Christians shouldn't drink. You're demonizing his creation and it's idolatry. It's like the negative side of the Feast of Atonement, right? That scapegoat. You're putting the atonement, the way to see freedom, not on Jesus but on scapegoating that thing that you think is evil sex isn't bad like I said before sex isn't just for procreation it's beautiful it's fun it's full of pleasure the way it ought to be so one of the reasons we've got here is that the religious people to use another vampire metaphor, uh, going to the Twilight series, this family of righteous vampires moves to Forks, Forks Washington, right? These are vampires who've learned to uh, learn that they have a heart disease, right? They have this vampire disease, so they withdraw from their vampire culture, then they live amongst humans and, you know, they live in this dark place so people can't see their shininess. The dad vampire becomes a, a doctor, you know, instead of a blood-sucking person who sucks the blood out of other people. He's actually a healer, and he, and he heals human beings. He's a doctor, and he wants to raise his kids away from this nasty vampire culture. He doesn't want them to catch it, right? It's a good picture of religion. Um, some of the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees and the scribes, these are varsity dudes, right? I mean, some of them are like... Like the guy who looks at the guy, the Pharisee who looks at the guy in the church and says, I'm glad I'm not like that guy, right? I mean, some of that is, is in our culture, that, that Eastern philosophy, the, the martial arts dude who is so disciplined, he can, you know, he can take you out, <laughs> kick your butt. He may be uh, humble, but you press him, he'll kick your butt. Why? Because he, he's got that, right? That's a good thing. It's a good thing to be a protector, a pit bull like that. But when it becomes self-righteousness, you move away from the people that you, you need to influence. You know why we got here? Because uh, religious people have moved away from the cities. Because that's where the sin is, right? We're going to catch that disease. They move out. If you go, Here in the United States, especially, you move away from the cities, you see more churches in 2010. Sad, but that's the way it is. The, the church, the religious people, have left the cities because they don't want to be around the dirty, disgusting vampire people. And the cities are where culture emanates from, right? That's where the music industry is. That's where the record labels are. That's where they make the movies. That's where the higher education, the colleges are. They're in the cities. Culture emanates from the cities. Mark Driscoll called this being upstream. Upstream in culture is the cities. You look in the Bible, um, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, Romans. These are letters, epistles, the Apostle Paul wrote to cities. Not Podunk Forks, Washington. So culture emanates from the cities. I sell pizza to a company that builds video games. and. Uh, Another company, Joan Soda, who is a very artistic way of of marketing their soda, they they sponsor snowboarders and uh, X-game athletes. They invited me to, to a movie. My whole family we went and saw Disney's Tangled, awesome movie. It will be a future classic. It doesn't come out till Thanksgiving, but I got to see that movie because some of the, in some of the video game places that I sell pizza to, they, build, they, they do some work on Dream, DreamWorks movies and Disney movies, Pixar movies. They subcontract for the, the film industry, and, and that's influence on the culture movies are big time pulpits in our culture where where people sit and pay to watch a message be preached to them. So killing that self-righteous vampire in you is to be around, love your neighbor, love your brother and sister in Christ, be involved in a church, but don't be self-righteous. The word heathen back in the biblical times was the people that lived out on the heath wasn't a negative term towards those ugly dirty pagan people it was a term that's how i look at listeners i mean sometimes i my skin crawls and i hurt for people especially women and kids but i i being a listener to this show means you have a repentant heart right that's why you're listening to death to us part in your marriage that becomes a vow when you start to see your heart when you stop being self-righteous when you start seeing your spouse as the enemy and you press forward in relationship and you love them like Jesus loves you even though you're broken Pastor Mark in the last sermon he drew some really cool word pictures like you imagine a bunch of religious people with their picket signs running to the the picket, the gay marriage deal, right? The conference and anti-gay conference. They're, you know, they're all and they get in the van and they pile up with their picket signs and they're driving and they stop at a corner and they look over and there's Jesus and he's talking to guys with the, you know, the rainbow shirts and He's in Capitol Hill in Seattle. That's kind of our like gay district where a lot of the gay folks live. And he's talking to him. He's shaking hands with him. He's smiling with him. He's having a beer with him. Religious people in the van, oh, look at that guy. Can you imagine? Look at Jesus over there. I thought he was supposed to be right? It's that Pharisee attitude in our culture. Go through the, the wrong part of town. Here in my city in Seattle at night, and one of these weird clubs with the dark goth people all hanging around outside, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and a bunch of them are out there smoking cigarettes, and, and there's Jesus, and he's talking to them. And the religious guy with his, you know, his collar on drives by and does. Oh, there is there's that guy again. It's that Jesus guy. Do you see the sick, self-righteous, indulgent? self-indulgent attitude of religion I'm better than Jesus see Jesus hung out he ate and drank with sinners and bars watching The Simpsons on the big screen I hear these pastors who do these messages like would Jesus sit next to you and watch that movie with you it's like this building Jesus as this self-righteous guy who would sit there and critique culture and wouldn't sit with you and get in with you in your situation. It's a disgusting self-righteous message. We need to put to death, put a stake in the heart of the I'm better than you attitude of religion. Again, like Pastor Rick said at AC3, sinners aren't the enemy, they're the battlefield. When Jesus says, if you're not for me, you're against me, he's talking to the religious people, the self-righteous religious people. It's like you're looking at Jesus and you're going, why does he hang out, why does your master hang out with sinners and tax collectors? It's like looking at a doctor and going, why does he hang out with sick people? That's disgusting. Isn't he afraid he's gonna catch it? He shouldn't go around sick people. Galatians Um, the apostle Paul writes this book of Galatians again to another city another church in a city Um, Peter who hung out with Jesus I mean if anybody should not become the self-righteous vampire it's Peter right I mean Peter's a disaster Peter grows into this godly man and then he reverts back into this um, vampire like religious person Iron Man movies. I, I like the first Iron Man movie, right? He gets a new heart, you know? The comic, I mean, great story. The second Iron Man movie, his, his heart, his new heart starts to become corroded. Starts to eat away at him. That's Peter, man. Peter grew into this kind of racist, self-righteous, behavior modification first kind of guy. And the Apostle Paul comes into Galatians and he rebukes and the whole church for being religious people. And um, here's Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. I love this part. This is about putting a stake in the heart of of that self-righteous vampire religion. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. The whole law, right? Ten commandments. The laws of Moses. The laws of the Old Testament. Anyway, I digress there. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Verse 14. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. It's Galatians 5. See, some of us can take a good thing, like our, our freedom. Some people have freedom from addiction and freedom from just their freedom in Christ to be who they are. And, and some people can take that and use it as pride, take a good thing, make it a God thing, become prideful about themselves, and use truth as a, as a weapon in their hand to, to hurt other people. Wielding the sword of the spirit, as Ephesians 6 says, is the f- holy scriptures, and it's using it on yourself. The vampire that exists inside you, that thing that craves darkness, that thing that likes to look shiny with pride and likes to think it's better than other people. You're going to put a stake in it and kill it check this out this is psalm 51 from the holy scripture this is the right attitude to have towards the sin that exists inside you this is a a wooden stake right here read it don't just repeat it as some kind of a mantra but get it in your heart hear the heart cry of the psalmist as he pours this out and let it come flowing out of you so much truth to this here it is check it out have mercy on me god according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash my iniquity and cleanse me from sin for i know my transgressions and my sin is always before me Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Verse 6. Behold you delight in truth and the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow let me hear joy and gladness let the bones that you have broken rejoice hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me that is up to verse 10 I challenge you to read that look that up read that pray that out every night for a week Let's see if your heart doesn't change not as some kind of mantra again but as a, as a heart level cry to God read that whole Psalm 51 it's just awesome and I want you to take on this attitude um, towards the down in the level 3 self-righteousness right cold-hearted, not wanting to change, not feeling, just feeling cold inside, I pray that you would let yourself feel, let yourself love this week. And when that vampire raises its ugly head and starts to try and write, do that home invasion thing and bust into your mind and and try and bring you back to drinking the antifreeze, right? Drinking poison. Drinking out of the toilet. That you would remember and have this attitude to to take them on. Jesus would use news stories and some of the Gospels as as metaphors and uh, word pictures. And I, I heard one on the news, so I thought this was awesome. Tuning into this news station, and they uh, they talked about this guy who he was like 25 years old, owned a pretty nice house in an in upper class area in Seattle. And uh, two o'clock in the morning, there's a knock at the door. About three guys bust into the door when he answers it and proceed to do a home invasion robbery on this this man. Little did they know that he. Uh, He could kick some butt. And he beat the living crap out of these three men. It was hilarious. He's like, you know, and it was funny because the reporter came over to his house, the guy from the radio station, comes over to the house and asks him about, you know, the thing. And he says, I've never heard a guy. He was the most open to an interview from a reporter that anybody he'd ever seen, he said. The guy's like, yeah, come on in. Let me show you around. And he's like... There was blood everywhere the reporter said. It's like a horror movie blood all over the place. And he's like, here's where I punched him in the mouth in the hallway. there's like a splatter there's blood on the ceiling. you know and he's just walking through his house and describing all the the mayhem and the carnage that that he put a hurting on these guys. I don't know if he knew jiu-jitsu or if he was in the MMA or what, but he he put down a hurting on these boys and uh yeah he's like did you wash my pants you know he tells his buddy one of the guy other guys living there he's like i want to show him my pants <laughs> it's like he's gotten mad at his friend oh, i can't believe you washed my pants i wanted to show him the bloodstains on my pants but i love that attitude that this guy had and and uh just beating the the snot out of these these three home invasion robbers And I pray that you would have that attitude towards the vampire that exists inside you, that's trying to suck the life out of you. Telling you all sorts of lies. Accusing you day and night. I pray that you would understand and build a relationship with the creator of the universe, the lover of your soul. Pray that you would pray to Jesus, the physical manifestation of God in human flesh. Ask Him into your heart. Realize that He paid your debt. That even when you fail, you don't have to turn away from Him. You can turn back towards Him. You can put to death the vampire of works-based religion that says... You know, it puts security in the fact that you can perform somehow. There's no security in that. Even if... Here's the deal. I'm five years clean from sexual addiction. I haven't even masturbated in five years since October 5th of, of right, uh, 2005. That's my last sexual acting out. And I still am putting to death the vampire. I'm still angry. I'm still defensive with my wife. I still get get mad or withdraw. Last night I had a bit of a victory. Me and my wife actually communicated for a while and I hung in there with her when she was upset and in tears and I was able to press through. It wasn't pretty. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm working on this stuff and I'm continuing to put to death the vampire inside me. So I love you guys and uh, again, if there's anything you you have to say or if there's anything that sounds unrealistic or there's anything you want to challenge me on or you want to tell me about your victories or what, whatever you're going through, it's, it's russ at asi247.org. Um, if you want to leave a donation, this thing on the the internet keep uh, give me a little more time to put this message out there it's russ at asi247.org if you'd like to join a church real blood bought Christians that that I trust that it's on the website asi247.org there's churches all over the world networks there on the website leave you with a song um, old hymn again, that this is one of those songs that demons hate that demonic forces hate We do not like to hear these words but this is our righteousness, this is our hope that he's cleaning and cleansing and giving us a new heart through his blood spilled and his gift given because of the love that the authority God has over you and he loves you that's who Jesus is till next time bye
1: come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Calls for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it out of God's redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at. E aí my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for Thy coat of blood. Here's my heart, take and seal it, seal it for Thy court. of blood.